Welcome back to Divorce Healthy. Thank you guys so much for coming back with us and uh, for listening for more tips on how you can divorce healthy. That is the goal. So if you're going to go through something as extravagant as divorce and reset your life, or if that decision kind of has been made for you, then divorce healthy would be your goal. Why would you go through all of that for it to not be better on the other side? And so better on the other side. That's kind of the concept of our guest today, Michelle Dempsey. And she has the podcast Moms Moving On and the blog and all of her social media is about women moving forward in the best way possible and guilt-free. And so Michelle Dempsey is here. Thank you so much for coming on with us. Thank you for having me. This is exciting. I love connecting with other faces, other people in the divorce space. Yes. And so Michelle and I are both working with FAIR and helping to promote that. And she is a huge influence in Florida and she's pushing forward with a lot of big new things. And a lot of us have kind of started to connect recently. And we just want to say thank you to everyone who's listening to us and understanding the message that we're trying to preach, which is a lot different than what you would generally classify as divorce or as your co-parenting relationship. And that is what we're trying to do is make this the new normal so that, you know, when you're thinking about divorce and you're dealing with a divorce and going through divorce or child custody or co-parenting issues, that you're doing it in a way that is mindful of the situation that you're in and the effect that you want for your lives and for your children's lives when they grow up to be adults. Because that's something that's not in your purview. It's not right in front of you. You know, it's not something you think about right now because they're young and they need so many different other things. But when you think about in the next 10 years, 15 years, we want that to be a whole life for both you and your kids. And so Michelle and I are both about preaching that message. So Michelle, please tell me about yourself, just how and why you love this mission and what it is that your mission statement is. You've done so well just being such an influence and a beautiful influence to women. And that's amazing. So I'd love to hear all about that. Thank you. Thank you. That's so sweet. Yeah. So I am a divorced mom. I got separated when my daughter was two. I was 33. I had only been married literally about three years to the day. I would have been, I would be lying if I said it was, you know, it it blindsided me. I knew it was coming for a long time and I prepared for it. But as strong as I am and as much as I've been through and as many times as I've hit rock bottom and rebuilt myself, this was the first time that even with a wonderful extended family and lots and lots of friends who love and support me, I felt really alone. I got separated at a time where all of my friends were getting pregnant with their second kids. I mean, people were still calling themselves newlyweds. And here I am trying to navigate a recent separation, ease into co-parenting, get my own place, continue to grow my business so that I can support myself and my daughter. And it felt really, really lonely. And I always say I felt all alone on Divorce Island and everybody else was like off on like happy islands, like partying. And there was this big disconnect. At that point, I was already writing for different motherhood publications like Scary Mommy and Parents and a bunch of other places. And I shifted the focus of my writing to what I was going through. I'm a writer by trade. I'm a writer, you know, I was a journalism major. So writing was always my thing. And it felt really therapeutic for me to not only get my feelings out onto paper or the screen, but to have other women say, hey, thank you so much for saying that because no one else is. And I feel the same way. And 
I don't feel guilty for leaving my marriage because it wasn't good. Or I too cry when my kids are with their dad and I feel lonely. And I, I realized then that like nobody was doing this yet. I was kind of like the only person for these publications who was really like jumping in and saying the things that moms with young kids were either thinking or going through. Willing to be vulnerable. Yeah. You know, listen, there's there's power and vulnerability and yes. authenticity. And that's kind of how I live my life. But from there, things just kind of skyrocketed. In an ironic turn of events, I met my second husband, who happens to be a family court judge. That, you know, he's divorcing people all day long and dealing with their marital issues and their co-parenting issues. And I started to learn so much from that. And in connecting with the people in his, you know, career space, many, many, many people said to me, why aren't you a coach? Like people are looking to you for advice. And I thought about it and I'm like, oh my God, what is, does the world really need another coach? But then women started asking questions that needed to be answered thoughtfully and with expert advice. So I started the podcast first, Mom's Moving On, as a place to answer all those questions with legal experts, mental health experts, celebrity personalities that people can relate to. And during that process, I also got myself certified as a coach and now a certified divorce specialist through the National Association of Divorce Professionals. And I'm a coach, even though I didn't expect to be. So all of my experience, and they'll say that coaches become, they end up in that space because of things that they've gone through or overcome. They feel so passionate about helping people overcome. That's exactly what it is for me. I'm a child of divorce. I'm now a divorced parent. And it just felt right to me to give people the help they needed to see the other perspective and to stop viewing divorce as a death. So you're a child of divorce. I am too. So I'm not, you know, I don't, I'm not in the parent sphere yet. I'm about to get married. It is my second marriage as well. And I do, I'm so happy for you. And I want you to know that I'm so happy for you. Having a relationship with someone who you truly connect with and you love. And also it's so evident to me, you know, I don't know you, we only, we really know each other through these social spheres and through our professional networks right now, which, and I know that our relationships are only going to continue to strengthen with all of us. But what I can see, which is evident when people have this, is that you did a lot of work on yourself to get to this point. And you put in a lot of boundaries and you walk a line for yourself now and you put yourself in a space that has a lot of respect. And I think that that has formulated this amazing relationship that you have now where you guys are in this world. You know, the divorce world's not an easy world to be in. He obviously has a difficult day every day and you do too. You're helping people to get through the worst time of their life. I totally feel you on that <laughs> as a divorce attorney. And it's amazing. Yeah. There's not a day that goes by where like he gets home at the end of the day or I'm done with my client calls and I, and I'm like, oh my God, thank you for being you. He's like, I was just thinking the same thing. You know, people have some yes. really, really difficult things that they're navigating and we've been there. We're both divorced and, you know, co-parenting. So we understand what it's like, but it just deepens our appreciation for each other. But I'll go back to what you said. I had to do a lot of work on myself in order to be in this space. Like, you know, women, the, one of the first things they'll ask me is, am I going to die alone? Will I ever get remarried? And I'm like, well, that's on you. <laughs> and how you choose to move forward in the world. Like if you're going to carry all of your shit, sorry for the cursing. I hope that's okay. Here. No, you're fine. If you're We're gonna, real here. Okay. If you're going <laughs> to carry all of your shit from your former marriage, pretending like you had no part in the demise of it, it's only, it's only going to carry into whatever you do next. So yes. I knew full well, I was 50% of the problem in my marriage. 
Yes. <laughs> it's not that he was this horrid human being. It's that we brought out the worst in each other. Mm-hmm. And he's a wonderful guy. He's, you know, what my mom would call a mensch. He's sweet and kind and, and handsome and all of those things. But we were just not a good match. And people either bring out the worst in you or the best in you. And I truly feel I had to be married to him for all of these like unresolved demons and issues and traumas from my past to surface once and for all so that I could confront them because I had been I had been ignoring them and living in denial for a really long time. So you are preaching, girl. I've had that exact awareness. And I want to ask you this because this is kind of so my you focus on moms moving on. I have that focus as well because I'm a I'm just a divorce attorney. And so I'm focused on my clients moving on and that. Yes. (laughs) Well, thank you. But so a lot of my clients are women. I also have a lot of male clients. So to just in general, everyone, but a big thing for me is adult children of divorce. So you are an adult child of divorce, just like I am. And so tell me what effect do you think going through that as a child played on the demise of your first marriage? I can tell you full well, thanks to lots and lots and lots of therapy and thousands of dollars spent, that I have an anxious attachment uh, style. So what that means is, you know, when you learn the attachment styles, your eyes open up and you're like, holy crap, that's what's wrong with me. So when you are a child, if you experience trauma or loss or lack of love from a parent or abuse, you typically form an anxious attachment style. And there are four different attachment styles and I won't go into all of them because if you're listening, it's very likely you have an anxious attachment style. You tend to attach to other people to find validation within yourself. You can't be alone. You feel like a pile of shit unless somebody's paying you attention. And then the problem becomes you'll take any kind of attention. So you'll end up in a toxic relationship because, hey, it's better than nobody paying attention to me. So that, that was one of the things I experienced trauma within my parents' divorce. I did not receive love from my father. So I was like the quintessential daddy issues girl who refused to admit that she had daddy issues. And so that was one of the things that I carried with me into adulthood. And apart from that, I experienced a lot of parental alienation, which is ultimately why I told my dad toodaloo. I'm very mindful of that in my divorce. I think I am the co-parent I am because I learned what not to do through my parents' divorce. And so I carried good and bad into it. But the best thing you know, for me was really learning where these issues from my childhood brought me as an adult. And a lot of people don't want to confront that. You don't want to say, my parents me out, but we all get messed up a little <laughs> bit from our parents. So yes, it's worth 100%. looking into. It is very worth looking into. And so the book, The Cure for Divorce Culture, is it goes through the entire attachment theory and all of that because so many people, especially adult children of divorce, have no understanding as to why they're not very good at relationships and as to why they're not able to function in conflict as well. So those are the two hallmark issues of children of divorce, which also leads directly into this attachment theory that you're talking about. But another way to describe it is children of divorce, because, you know, we just in that generation of post the wave of divorce that went across our country, we created this culture of divorce, which meant there was sabotage and war and all this conflict and animosity. And a lot of the divorce attorneys were driving it in a major way. The divorce attorneys were driving it because they were making so much money off of it. Right. And the problem was that back then you didn't have 
social media to tell you to make awareness of what, yes, or coaches to say, Hey, listen, we can deal with this in a different way. You There's, don't need to be dragged options. into every fight. Yes. Exactly. Yes. Such so a good no point, Ashley Nicole. Yeah. So the book is about that. This is a historical perspective. Like if we really zoom way out and look at 1969, which is when Reagan signed no fault divorce into California, and then it kind of created a tidal wave, you can literally see the graphs of divorce rates, marriage rates, and think through exactly how this has come about. But, you know, every industry has a pendulum and it has to swing and it has to go through its process. And now we're at that process point where you and I get to step in and say, okay, I'm a child of divorce. I've also been through my own divorce. Now I'm remaking my life in a beautiful way. It's what everybody has dreamed about. You know, I actually was able to achieve it, but it wasn't easy. First, I had a lot of man in the mirror moments. I really investigated myself. I came forward with my true self, which was the person that we all try to kind of hide away into the closet. We're not perfect. We have issues. What are those issues? When we know it, we can understand it and help other people who are close to us understand it as well and do the work. So it's possible. And I think this is the thing that we're trying to get out. It's not a unicorn situation. Just because the culture was taught to America that it had to be war and sabotage and a horrible experience to go through a divorce. Everyone just started to believe that. But I think what you and I have done, which a lot of thought leaders have done throughout the creation of our country and the world, is to say, just because it's the norm doesn't mean it's right. And it's not right. The way that divorce has been handled to this point and the co-parenting that has come down, the horrible you know, examples of co-parenting throughout those decades isn't right. And it doesn't have to be that way. Most people think it has to be that way, but it doesn't. And so understanding that, who are you as a person? What did you bring to the table? What mistakes did you make in your own first marriage? I had that exact same experience. You know, my dad also was, he was my secondary parent. That's what was decided, right? So I saw him every other weekend and one night a week and he, you know, developed a new family and that family was his preference. I was a lot of drama every time I came into the household because I was the outsider and you know, I was made to feel like the outsider when I was there. I had all these step siblings and they, you know, grew up with each other. I was an only child. And so, you know, I didn't even have a bedroom at my dad's house. Me either. Me either. I mean, I begged. Futon, me in too. The living Futon. Room, no privacy. Futon. As a girl coming into puberty, my brother had a room. My stepbrother had a room. My dad and his new lady had, a, and, and, and I just felt like there was, it was such a horrible feeling. I know you you understand, but yeah, that's a total different subject for another podcast. Right? Daddy so, Issues you know, 101. It, oh my God, right? You know, like <laughs> there are other careers, thank God we ended up in this one, right? And we're making lemonade out of our lemons of daddy issues. Not that my dad's a horrible person. Also, he was dealing with the effect that was being, he, my mom was alienating me, you know, from him and there was a lot going on, but that resonated in my adult life and how I dealt with relationships because I always was missing my dad. I still miss him to this day. Now he just can't be part of my life because my stepmom and unfortunately, you know, he has a good life with her, but we cannot have an existence altogether. Unfortunately, there's just not enough growth in everyone to be able to get to that place. And so we have to just kind of maintain our distance. And so that results in me kind of walking around on this planet like an orphan, even though my parents are still alive. So it's a strange dynamic, you know, and I I think you mentioned that you had to say to allude to your dad. I don't know if you've had the same boundaries that you've put into place with your parents, but it's my... Yeah, no, I, I mean, I, you know, my dad did not 
treat me well. It was, it was maybe a little bit different from your experience. The bed, not having a bedroom was like the least of my issues with that. But I basically emancipated from him. And when I was just about 12, so I haven't, Mm -hmm. I haven't really spoken to him since then. Wow. Yeah. I haven't spoken to my parents. It's only been a few years for me now, but I think the toxicity, you know, of childhood, whenever you have something like that, when you're trying to fully commit to a new relationship and to a a new beginning where we put all these lessons that we've kind of taught ourselves into play, right? You're going through that now with your new husband and I'm engaged. I'm getting married in November and I plan to have children. And I want to make sure that just like you said, I have learned from my childhood and I put into play in the way that I best can what I can do to make sure that they don't experience what I went through. And I think that it's an amazing opportunity that I was able to have that experience to get to this place. Like I wouldn't be who I am if it wasn't for that and you as well. And we get to take those broken moments as children and be whole adults. And I think that's a pretty good trade-off, you know, whenever I put it all into perspective. And that's what I want for all the listeners. And I know that, you know, I can tell from your message that you're putting out there that that's what you want too. What do you think is the best advice for the people who follow us and listen to us? Because they see that, you know, we've done a lot of that personal work. That's really why people listen to what we say is because they can see the example that we're trying to set by actually living the, the hardness of it. What do you think the best advice is? I think the best advice is, don't expect it to be easy. I get a lot of a lot of messages, you know, oh, you make it look so easy or, you know, you're so lucky you ended up where you ended up and I that like always rubs me the wrong way because I had to go through a lot of shit to get to where I am today, but I was willing yeah, to Yeah, girl. <laughs> I was willing to go through it. So I think yes, we know divorce is going to be hard, but life is hard. If you weren't going through a divorce, guaranteed there'd be something else in your life happening that Amen was difficult for you to process. I always, I always talk about it in the terms of losing a job, right? Like chances are you've lost a job in your life or you're going to at some point. Does that mean you're just going to like quit working forever? Or are you going to polish up your resume, work your ass off to make yourself look like this deserving person of, of a career and go out and try again? Yes, that's probably what you're going to do. So the same applies to your divorce. You know, it's going to be hard. It's an unfortunate situation that's happened, but it is also an opportunity to move forward in a way that works best for you, to put your best foot forward, to honor what you did wrong and vow to not do it again. So if you're willing to do the hard work, you're going to get to a good place. Nothing good comes easy. Don't expect it to be easy. And if you feel like it's easier than you expected, then good for you. Then you're in a good place. I love it. That's so on point. And I think that What better way to validate all of the struggles and the valleys that you had, but to get yourself to a mountain, you know, because once you've gotten to the mountain, you didn't get there except for because of the valley that you were in, you had to be in a valley to get to the mountain. And so in that respect, you know, why would you allow yourself to go through so much to not come out somewhere better on the other side? So if you think about that, and I think one of the biggest things that I tried to teach my clients is that when you drive, you have to look at the plotted point down the road. You can't be staring at the lines on either side of you or you're 100% going to be in the ditch. And you can't drive the whole way looking in your rear view mirror either. Exactly. Great. Oh, I love that edit. That's so perfect because then you're not going to ever get to the place that you want to go to. And the biggest thing that most people don't do is they say, it's been horrible. It's terrible. This sucks. I don't know how to get out of it. But they don't think, 
okay, my dream life is fill in the blank. What exactly does it look like in five years? Because if you can't know what your goal is, you know, if you can't put into place what it is that you're trying to do, you know, you decided I'm going to do this better for my daughter. I'm going to make sure that even though I'm in this place, that I'm going to be an awesome mom, that she's going to be as whole as I can make her and so that I don't relive the, the mistakes of my parents. And I'm sure you made all, a lot of other decisions for yourself as to exactly what you wanted it to look like on the other side. And I'm sure that you probably even put some thought into what this beautiful husband of yours is like now, you know, because that's what I did. I thought about... I knew this man, this exact man was coming to me probably yes. a year before I separated because I knew exactly at that point what it was in my marriage that wasn't serving me and what I would need in order to feel whole and comfortable in a marriage. I did all of the love languages work. My ex and I went yes. to marriage counseling. So I essentially knew that if it wasn't this person, it wasn't going to be for me. Right. So you're not lucky. It's not luck. And it's not that it just was ended up in your lap. He didn't just fly down with a stork and just like be delivered to your front door. You put work into imagining and thinking about who it was that you were going to end up with because you pictured the life that you wanted. And it's a lot of mental work that goes into that. I spend a lot of shower time. So to those of you who are listening, the best time in the world to put this work in is in the shower. <laughs> you're not doing anything else. Just think about what it is that you want while you're scrubbing to have happen in five years and think about it every day. And you're going to craft the most beautiful existence and then you're going to be able to get there. So that's the big hallmark that I want everyone to take away from today. Michelle, what would be your final words before we let everyone go back to their drive or commute or wherever it is that they're existing My right final now? words would be, and it also goes back to the bathroom, something I've done with clients <laughs> forever. Stick a note on your bathroom mirror, make it intentional. I have one there now. I always do, depending on what it is in my life that I'm working towards. Remind yourself every day what you want, why you want it, and who you're doing it for. And whenever you're having those moments that you're like, oh my God, I can't get through this. Oh my God, poor me. Go take a look at the note in the bathroom mirror and let it re-guide you for the day. Oh my gosh, I feel like we're soul sisters. So a great tool for this, you know those wine glass markers where you can write on a wine glass? You can get those because then you can scrub it off of your mirror and you can write like what it is that you need to write on your mirror. I have stuff written all over my mirror all the time. I love that. So Michelle, let us know, let the followers know, where can they find you? Where are we going to be able to find you at? So I'm obviously on Instagram at the Michelle Dempsey, Facebook as well, but I've also recently launched a membership community for women who need expert advice and guidance and who can't really afford to hire a fancy coach and are still having questions about the legal process, that's at momsmovingon.com. Click become a member. We get expert advice uploaded every week. There are opportunities for free workshops and coaching sessions with me within that. So it's really ideal for the person who can't blow all this money trying to find the self-help they need and get it at a reasonable price. Amazing. And of course, you guys can find The Cure for Divorce Culture on Amazon and Divorce Healthy is now on Amazon podcast as well. And please look at anrlaw.com for the blogs and for information. We actually, Michelle has a blog coming up soon on the website as well. So we're excited. Have a wonderful day, everybody. We're here for you. Thank you for joining us on this episode of Divorce Healthy, your guide to mastering conflict resolution at home and in the workplace. 
To inquire about speaking engagements, purchase your copy of Ashley Nicole's book, The Cure for Divorce Culture, or to schedule your private orientation meeting, head to www.anrlaw.com. You can also find us on social media at ANR Law. Find a better way forward right here on Divorce Healthy.